presented by Facebook. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghumana Volan. It's Monday, and this is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. We're told that Senator Kirsten Sinema delivered a tough message to President Joe Biden at a private meeting Wednesday. If the House delays its scheduled September 27th vote on the bipartisan infrastructure plan, or if the vote fails, she won't be backing a reconciliation bill. Sinema is not the only moderate taking this stand. Representative Kurt Schrader, one of approximately 10 centrist Dem House members playing hardball with leadership, said he and several members of their group are on the same page. He told Playbook, If they delay the vote or it goes down, then I think you can kiss reconciliation goodbye. Reconciliation would be dead. Now, this is obviously big news if moderates follow through. The threat comes days after Congressional Progressive Caucus Chair Pramila Jayapal declared that House progressives have the votes to tank the infrastructure plan, unless it's paired with the larger $3.5 trillion reconciliation package. Here's the problem. It's become abundantly clear that the reconciliation bill won't be ready a week from today. That's the date when Speaker Nancy Pelosi promised moderates a vote on the $1.2 trillion bill. But the new threat from the mods indicates that a delay would not end well. Alrighty, so let's play this out. If the vote happens next to Monday, it's going to be close. Moderates think progressives are bluffing when they say that half of their 96-person caucus is willing to vote no, especially once Pelosi and Biden start whipping up votes. But even if only 20 progressives oppose the bill, that means the party is going to have to rely on Republicans to pass it, since Pelosi can only lose three votes. Now that can be a real problem. Leadership aides have openly acknowledged they don't know if they have the votes to pass it. While 19 Republicans backed the BIF in the Senate, few expect that level of support to translate to the House. Alrighty, maybe you're an optimist and think that these threats are the kind of posturing you'd expect with major legislation. And that Democrats will ultimately figure it out, because the alternative uh, would be a lot worse. Yeah, that could happen. But at this moment, it certainly does not look promising. Alrighty, here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 11 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will depart Delaware to return to the White House, where he is scheduled to arrive at noon. At 12.30, Biden will receive the president's daily brief. At 3.55, Biden will depart the White House to head to New York City, where he's scheduled to arrive at 5.10. There, he'll participate in a bilateral meeting with UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. At 4 p.m. Eastern, Vice President Kamala Harris will host a reception for the Congressional Black Caucus's 50th anniversary at the VP's residence. Secretary Jensaki will brief at 1 p.m. The House returns from August recess and will meet at 2 p.m. to take up several pieces of legislation, including a cost of living adjustment for veterans, with the votes postponed until 6.30. The Senate will meet at 3 p.m. to take up Margaret Strickland's judicial nomination and vote on Veronica Rossman's judicial nomination at 5.30. Here's a little preview of Biden's week ahead tomorrow. He'll speak before the UN General Assembly. On Wednesday, he'll host a virtual summit on the pandemic. And on Friday, the prime ministers of Australia, India, and Japan will come to the White House to discuss their alliance against the rising power of China. One last thing before we get out of here. Over the next couple of weeks, we want to hear what you think about our podcast here at Politico. If there's anything you'd love, if there's anything you hate, so head over to politico.com slash pod survey. And if you could, please answer a couple of questions. That's politico.com slash pod S-U-R-V-E-Y. And thank you. We really do appreciate it. All right. For more news on what's breaking in DC right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. 
Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rukumon and I hope you have a great week. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook stops more bad actors online than other tech companies. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety.